podcast land. You have set your dial once again to Combat Sports with Rhino, episode 105. So I don't bear the least I tend to do. The fighter going 10 rounds with Rhino this week. The champ is here. The champ is here. The brand spanking new LFA lightweight champion, Jamie Lynn Horth-Wessels, is going to go 10 rounds with Rhino. It was awesome to watch her fight and dominate the LFA championship bout on Friday night. Oh, my gosh. Such a cool lady. Such a cool interview. Uh, amazing performance. Super stoked to have her on. So, the the episode's schedule is as follows for today. We're going to be covering last night's humongous UFC 269 with a full recap. We're going to cover very quickly the Vasily Lomachenko versus Richard Comey fight from Madison Square Garden. Of course, we'll have the world-famous Dreyos drop of the night. We'll have our picks for UFC Vegas 45. Another fire Q&A session with the Rhino Gang. And then the aforementioned, holy smokes, what a great performance on Friday. Jamie Lynn Horth-Wessels, your brand new LFA flyweight champion, goes 10 rounds with Rhino. So... Without further ado, let's get our swim chunks and our flippy floppies on and dive right in. So very quickly, we're going to go over to the lightweight championship fight from uh, Madison Square Garden over the weekend. We have Vasily Lomachenko, often on most people's pound for pound, at least top 10 list, fighting a very tough Richard Comey. This one was interesting because Vasily was Vasily of old. He was completely dominant from start to finish. And then in the seventh round, he dropped. Richard, and then he looked at his uh, looked at Richard's corner, and was like, "You should probably stop this fight, man. You guys should throw the towel." But they didn't, and Richard showed his toughness and managed to get through the next five rounds for a unanimous decision win for Vasily Lomachenko. So that's our boxing coverage from the weekend. Now we have the incredible, crazy, uh, unbelievable UFC 269. I'm going to kind of whiz through the uh, the prelims pretty fast because I want to get to the main card. Our first fight was at 125 pounds. We had Priscilla Cachoeira versus Jillian Robertson. We didn't have to wait long on this one. Jillian Robertson got her down fairly easily, got the rear naked choke in the first. There was some attempted eye gouging from Priscilla Cachoeira, which I hope she gets the uh, at least a fine or something because that was pretty egregious and gross. So big win for Jillian Robertson at 125 with a rear naked choke in the first. Next one was uh, the first of the – our homie, the Rhino Gang, Randy Costa versus Tony Kelly. Tony Kelly was ultra aggressive, pushed forward the entire time. Randy didn't seem to have an answer for it. Uh, Tony got the takedown, got the big TKO due to ground and pound in the second round. So big win for Tony Kelly over our guy, Randy Costa. Moving into 145, we had Derek Miner versus Ryan Hall. Ugh. I know some people love Ryan Hall. Other people are bored by him. I am the latter of the two. <laughs> Ryan Hall bores the shit out of me. Constantly shooting for leg locks. Derek Minner did a terrible job of not listening to the genius that is James Krause and kept following Ryan Hall down. Eventually, Ryan Hall um, you know, got the unanimous decision in that one, which was very clear-cut as far as I was concerned. Moving into 125, we had Miranda Maverick versus Aaron Blanchfield, two very young upstarts in the 125-pound division. Miranda Maverick, also a Rhino gang member who we really, really like. She just had no answer for Aaron Blanchfield last night. Aaron was constantly able to take her down, hold her down, do ground and pound, got a very, very clear-cut UD over Miranda in that one. Moving into 185, with Eric Anders, also a Rhino gang uh, guy fighting Andre Muniz. This one was quick. Eric looked huge um, going in there, but Andre didn't give a fuck. Andre took him down in a big slam, took his back, slapped on the arm bar, got the submission in the first for Andre Muniz over Eric Anders. Then moving into the Beverly Hills Ninja, Jordan Wright versus Bruno Silva. 
Jordan Wright looked good at first. He seemed to hurt Bruno, put him back up against the cage, and then bang, a huge combo. Bruno Silva dropped right. Right game, we tried to survive, and he kept on trying to grab a leg, but Silva kept hitting him. Got the TKO in the first round at 185. Moving into the big boys, my favorite division, Augusto Sakai versus Bam Bam Tuivasa. Augusto kind of moved a lot in the first round, and then when they would clinch, they got up against the cage. They both did some good work inside. Some nice body knees by Augusto Sakai. And then early in the second, man, Ty, Ty Tuivasa <laughs> had a huge combo that put Augusto Sakai down and out. Big KO in the second for Bam Bam Tuivasa. And shoeys were all around. Uh, moving into 135, it was really weird to see Dominic Cruz on the prelims, right? But, you know, that's where he was fighting Pedro Munoz. Pedro Munoz dropped Dominic in the first uh, with a beautiful, beautiful shot. And from that point forward, it was all Dominic Cruz. I mean, the whole second and third, Dom was moving. He was sticking. He was throwing nice four and five, even six-punch combinations that were landing on Pedro. Good, clean fight for Dominic Cruz. Um, we have a great question about him later on in the round game, but he got the UD in that one. Then moving we'll to the People's Championship, if you will, from the fight, <laughs> fight night last night. Dan, 50K Ige versus Josh Emmett. That really delivered. A huge right hand early. I think it was even the first one that Josh Emmett threw. Dropped Ige. Uh, then he followed him down to the canvas. Ige reversed position. And then the rest of the fight, these guys were both just standing and trading. They really wobbled each other at least two or three times with those big wide shots, but they were really fucking good um, as far as putting damage on each other. Very, very close fight. I don't know. I, one judge gave it 30-27 to Emmett, which I thought was bullshit. I thought Ige actually won two rounds to one, but I have no problem because it was so close with the decision going to Josh Emmett, so he got the UD in that one. Over Dan, 50K Ige. Moving into our main card, we had Sugar Sean O'Malley versus Julian Paiva. A lot of missed shots early, a lot of missed strikes, a lot of stuff being thrown, but nothing really landed. O'Malley landed a few, you know, some straight lefts, and then boom, right hand from O'Malley, drops Paiva, got the finisher, TKO in the first round. Um, you know, and Paiva did gamely get up from the first knockdown, but then there was another combo and he was down. Sugar Sean O'Malley did what we all thought he was going to do, first round TKO. Moving into what not a lot of people thought was going to happen, I don't think. We had the 125-pound debut of Cody Garbrandt versus Kai Carl France. Cody was landing some early leg kicks, even did a weird, like, video game attempted kick, you know, around the ground. Uh, a big right from Kai Carl France, and then a takedown, and then a beautiful combination dropped Cody, who, again, gamely tried to keep fighting, but Kai Carl France landed yet another combination and dropped Cody down and out for good. TKO in the first round for Kai Carl France. Uh, moving into the, the fight that wasn't the most exciting on the main card, Santiago Ponzinibbio versus Jeff Neal. Uh, Jeff Neal got the better of, of Ponzi in the striking in the first round. I gave the second round to Ponzi. He was landing a little bit more and being a little more effective. And then in the third, I thought Jeff Neal eked out the third with his lander with his landing more clean strikes than Ponzinibbio did. So uh, it was a split decision for Jeff Neal, but I thought the right guy won at 170 pounds. Holy smokes. All right. We are leading into now the co-main event, the 135-pound championship of the women's division, Amanda the Lioness Nunez versus Juliana Pena. I mean, there are upsets, and there are fights you thought were going to go one way or another, and then there's this, okay? <laughs> this is right up there with the GSP loss to Matt Sarah. Um, the, you know, the Randy Couture after being retired, coming back and beating Tim Sylvia. They're just like the biggest upsets in the history of this sport. This one is right at the top of the list. 
the first round was Amanda Nunez, you know, landing harder, taking her down, you know, even smirking at the cameras, you know what I mean? Just because she was in such control. And then in the second round, they started exchanging. And it seemed like Pena had a brand new outlook on what she wanted to do. She was going to stand and trade and be in the face of Amanda Nunez. She hurt her a couple times. Um, when they went up against the cage, it was like a, it was like almost like a hip toss, you know, drag takedown that Pena took Amanda down. And before she even got her hooks in, she put, um, you know, she put her arm underneath the chin for the rear naked, and Amanda tapped in like, it seemed like no time. She didn't try to really fight the hands. Uh, um, Pena didn't really have her hooks in, but she slapped on that RNC and got the very quick tap in the second round. So yes, unbelievably, I'm still in shock. I know a lot of other people are too. Juliana Pena beat Amanda Nunez for the 135-pound championship last night. Holy smokes. Like, I hadn't even fully, like, recovered from that when the Charles Dubronx Oliveira and Dustin Poirier 155-pound championship came out. Like, I hadn't had time to digest it, and, like, I just kind of was almost spaced out through round one. But, again, I had to get back my, you know, <laughs> get back all my facilities and get Dustin Poirier to, like, root him on because I thought – I thought Dustin Poirier and Charles DuBronx were going to have a great fight. And the first round, they did. Uh, the first round, Dustin Poirier looked strong. There was, a, you know, he like outlanded Charles DuBronx by more like 20 or 30 more strikes. Um, DuBronx stuck in there. And then in the second round, Dustin shucked off a couple of takedowns. There was some nice clinching, some scrambles. Oliveira did get on top and do some more damage. And then in the third Charles DuBronx took Dustin Poirier's back from a standing position, was able to sink in an RNC from standing, and tap Dustin the Diamond Poirier out, retaining his title. Charles DuBronx Oliveira wins our main event and retains his 155-pound belt. What a fucking roller coaster of a night. What a, what emotions. It was just it was it was almost like again with the main event. I hadn't recovered from what had happened in the previous fight. So the fucking I didn't even like. I don't even think I paid as close of attention as I normally would do to a main event because I just wasn't in the like the clear mindset. So I had to watch it again. I had to watch it again this morning. But yeah, what a card. What a what an incredible way to finish off the pay-per-view for 2021. Uh an incredible fucking fight card. Wow. I mean, wow. And I, I'm stoked to uh get to next week's fight week. So I, there won't be anything that possible. Nothing could possibly happen next week that's gonna out crazy the crazy that was UFC 269. So Drea is not joining us today. I got my homie Cakes filling in on the ones and twos on the other side of the call. So Cakes, I'm gonna go ahead and do Drea's drop of the night. So let's just do a real quick intro for Drea's drop of the night. So our drop of the night last night is going to be from Ty Tuivasa over Augusto Sakai. I mean, the clean KO was just beautiful. You know I love the heavyweights. So, again, Kai Kara France was also in the running. But, yeah, I'm going with Ty Tuivasa over Augusto Sakai getting Dreas drop of the night. So, Cakes, once again, thank you so much for stepping in late notice and joining us today. So we're going to have our UFC Fight Night Vegas 45 picks for next com for this upcoming Saturday. Excuse me. So our first fight is Mateus Gamrot versus Diego Fajeda. What do you have in that one? Well, thanks for having me. Uh, let's see here. I have, well, it would be nice to have my notes up. That'd be yes, great. it will. I'll go ahead and, I'll go ahead and get it started. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I'm new. I'm new, okay? Uh, yes, you are. So I got Mateus Gamrot beating Diego Fajeda by unanimous decision at 155 pounds. Um, do you want do you need a minute to find your notes, uh, cakes, or do you want me to just keep on going? 
Um, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna just also agree with that one. I yeah, I'll go with Diego as well because um, well, I found my notes, so that's a plus. And also, um, yeah, I just I kind of feel like it's just gonna go heavier towards him anyway. Just the stats, just based on. So numbers. you're actually you're actually going opposite for me because I got Mateus Gamrot beating Diego. Oh yeah, no, no, by no, you, no I got Diego. Okay. So we are in disagreement on that one. We'll move into 115 pounds. I've got Amanda Lemos beating the very tough veteran Angela Overkill Hill. I got Amanda Lemos winning by third round TKO. I got TKO in the third for Amanda Lemos over Angela Overkill Hill. What about you? I'm never going to bet against Angela Hill, and you can't make me. So I'm going <laughs> with Angela Hill. No, she's my homie, and we, you know, she's great. Uh, we, we, communicate via Twitter and she's just amazing. Um, I mean, I could see why you picked Amanda, but I just, I can't go against Angela. I just cannot. She's going to surprise you in a second. Oh, okay. We're calling a stoppage for Angela Hill. Okay. Let's move into 145 pounds. We've got Darren, the damage Elkins and Cub Swanson. Now, again, in normal, like the last 10 years, I would never have picked against Cub Swanson against Darren Elkins, but the way they both looked as of late, Darren, the damage Elkins, I think is going to eke out a decision over the very tough Cub Swanson, the veteran that he is. I think Darren Elkins wins by a very close UD in a very scrappy, tough, gnarly battle. So I got Darren Elkins in this one. What about you, Cakes? Um, I'll actually agree with you on that one. I will. I'll agree with you on that one. Darren for the win. Darren for the win. All right. Moving into 170 pounds, my favorite 170 pounder in the whole world, maybe of all time. My man, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson versus Bilal Muhammad. I've got Wonderboy winning by third round. I'm sorry, I had that wrong. I was reading the previous one. I've got Wonderboy winning by unanimous decision over Bilal Muhammad in that one. I think he's going to outpoint him. He's going to stay on uh, the outside. Bilal Muhammad's going to have his moments, but I got Wonderboy winning by UD in that one. What say you, Miss Cakes? I'm going to copy and paste your answer because that's what I wrote down on my notes as well. I think Wonderboy will take it. Absolutely. All right, let's move in again. Once again, my favorite division. The heavyweights, the big boys, Derek Lewis versus Chris Daukus. I've got Derek Lewis winning by second round clean KO. And as I like to do, you're a listener of the show, Cakes. You know, at least once on the uh, predictions, I like to call my shot. So I'm going to say this one. Derek Lewis is going to be in the middle. Chris Daukus is going to be pressing forward. Daukus is going to throw a right hand. Derek Lewis is going to slip that right hand and throw a right hook, left hook, right uppercut combo, knocking Chris Daukus clean out in the second. That's my <laughs> fucking call on that one. What about you for that one, Cakes? Uh, you know what? I, I just literally visualized that happening. It sounds really good, like a Cinderella story totes. But like I think uh, Chris is going to hang with him. And I think it's going to go to the in the third round. I think then Derek's going to take out Chris with like a, a knockout. That's what I think. Okay, so we've got our we've got our predictions for next week's UFC Vegas 45. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and do our Twitter questions, Cakes, if you're prepared for that, which I'm sure you are. Oh, our absolutely. first one comes our first one comes from the homie, the Dean Dog. Dean Dog, what do you got for us this week, dude? Does Nunez's loss open the door for Kayla Harrison to get signed and become a threat for a title shot much quicker? Thanks always, guys. Peace. So, Dean Dog, our motorcycle riding madman, I I think it does open the door somewhat. I know that people 
Well, a lot of people do want to see that Amanda Nunez versus Kayla at 145, which is obviously the title she still has because she only lost the 135-pound belt to Pena last night. So I think it does open the door some. It does take a little bit of the heat out of that matchup, though, I think, right? Again, I've talked about this previously on the show. I would much prefer to see Kayla Harrison versus Cyborg and Bellator. I think that's honestly the more likely scenario. Kayla thinks that she's a much bigger draw than she really is, and I think she would demand X amount of dollars. You know, I don't know what that would be, but X amount of dollars, which I think Scott Coker would be far more willing to pay than I think Dana White would. So, yes, it does open the door a little bit more, you know, that now the newness seems a little bit more susceptible to a loss. But, again, I really think we're going to end up seeing Kayla Harrison go to Bellator instead of the UFC and then I would love to see Cyborg just fucking bash her face. <laughs> Tell us how you that's, really feel, Rhino. <laughs> so that's my, yeah, that's that's definitely my answer on that one. So thank you so much, Dean Dog. All right, I know our next question comes from our boy down in Houston, Scott Nolan, our down in Houston via the greater Boston area. Scott Nolan, what do you got this week, dude? Rhino, Andrea, how the heck? Are you guys, y'all, if you will, been doing? Man, hated seeing Randy lose that night, that last night. Who would you like to see him up against next? Hope all is well. Miss y'all, love y'all, and love the show. Yeah, buddy, we love you too, man. And yeah, it was rough to see Randy get beat. And he got beat pretty handily by Tony Kelly last night. The name that I came up with for him next would be Eddie Wineland, bro. Both are coming off two losses. It'd be like that narrative of the long, young lion versus the old lion matchup. I think it'd be an all stand-up affair, which a stand-up affair, which we all know is fan friendly, what people like to see. So yeah, dude, let's book it. Let's book that scrap. I want to see Eddie Wineland versus Randy the Zohan Costa next. And uh Scott, we know that you can't always get a question in when you want to. We know how busy you are. You got those two littles over there, but man, we wish you a uh we wish you a lot. Well, first of all, we hope you get you some sleep. <laughs> Second of all, I hope you're having a great fucking day down there, brother. We love you. And uh, if we don't talk to you again prior to definitely happy holidays to you and your fam. So thank you so much to our brother, Scott Nolan. All right. Our third one comes from my homie, the doc doc. What do you got this week, dude? Was Miranda Maverick getting taken down over and over again, plus not being able to get up more of her lack of ground game. Or was Aaron Blanchfield's high skill level with tank downs and top control the the issue? So great question, my dude. I, I think I think it had way more to do with Aaron Blanchfield being so talented than Miranda's lack of skill to defend, right? Uh, we've seen Miranda look really good. Um, and pretty much in all the phases of MMA, both on top, on bottom, at standing against the cage in the clinch. But Aaron was just sharp. She was so sharp last night. She implemented her game plan in dominant fashion. I think we'll see the both of them in the top 10 or maybe even the top five in the next few years. Both extremely talented uh, ladies. I'm telling you, dude, the thing about when you they talked about it last night in the uh, in the post fight. Aaron's what, 22 and Miranda's 24. So these yeah. are very young fighters, still very green in their career. Aaron just did a better job last night. I still think Miranda is a fantastic fighter. Huge upside. I'm really looking forward to both seeing both of these ladies progress in their career. So that's definitely my answer on that one, Doc. Thank you very much. All right, I know our next Twitter question comes from our girl, APB. APB, what do you got this week? Who do you think Dominic Cruz should fight next? I was very impressed by his performance in the second and third. I thought he was done after the first. He made sure to low-key shade Keith Peterson in his post-fight interview. 
<laughs> I, I don't it. know how low key it was. It was pretty fucking not awesome. low key, it but it was pretty, nice. It was pretty egregious. So I'd like to see Dom Cruz take on Sugar Sean O'Malley, dude. the The lead up would be super fun. It'd be a total contrast of styles and personalities. Plus, I think Dom Cruz beat Sugar Sean O'Malley. Right? Sugar Sean is someone who has relied on his height, his length, his reach, and his timing, which he's very good at. Dom Cruz has no pattern. Dom Cruz is also very long for 135. He ducks in and ducks out. He is super fast. Again, it would be another issue of like the really young guy versus the much older veteran. I think Dom Cruz would beat Sugar Sean O'Malley. I think it'd be a really fun fight. I think everything leading up to it would be fun. So, yeah, I would love to see Dominic fucking Cruz fight Sugar Sean O'Malley. That's that's my answer on that one. Um, and again, the, the the Keith Peterson shade was not so subtle at all. It was pretty fucking funny. I thought. <laughs> I so yeah, big ups to Dom Cruz for his second and third round performance uh, last night. Great job. And APB, thank you so very much, my dear. All right, kicks. That's gonna be it for our Twitter questions. Our first voice question comes from our homie Ty from the Front Kicks and Throat Cuddles Pod. Ty, what do you got this week, dude? Hey, Rhino Andrea, it's Ty from the Front Kicks and Throat Cuddles podcast. I figured I'd get my question a little bit early in case I forget with the excitement of 269. But out of all the title fights in 2021, which one was your absolute favorite? Let me know what you think. I love the show. And hope you all have a wonderful week. Peace. Dude, for me, it's no question Glover Teixeira beating Jan Blachowicz for the 205 belt. The the stakes were so high. The dramatic fashion with a submission, Glover and I being the same age, him being such a great human being, I, me watching him for all these years, seeing the, some of the terrible KOs he's suffered, and then like coming back to be able to do that at this level, at this age. Holy smokes, man. It, the story writes itself. Absolutely my answer for that one. And my favorite title fight of 2021 is Glover Teixeira winning the 205 belt over Jan Blachowicz. Holy smokes, I loved it. So, Ty, thank you very much. Great question, my dude. Our next one comes from, oh, my feature player from the day, our girl Cakes. Cakes, go ahead and take it away. I'm upset right now, and I'm going to record this before I forget, like, by tomorrow. Anyway, question. Do you think Poirier was just really not as prepared as he seemed or something because honestly like what in the hell what in the hell again my best friend and i are fighting about this i just can't i really thought dustin had a chance but she does not agree with me and i'm just i'm upset let me know what your thoughts are and i love you guys have a great day bye no homie i think dustin was completely prepared he was as prepared as he could be there is nowhere else on earth that has a better and more experienced staff and high-level facilities slash training partners than an ATT in South Florida. Dustin, no doubt in my mind, but he's prepped, he prepped himself as best as he could. His mind, body, and soul, dude, I think he was ready to go. And I think he, think he looked fantastic in round one. I think part of the reason we saw him lose in the third round last night was I think he blew himself up a little bit, right? Because no matter how much you train your cardio, you can't mirror or exactly replicate a fight i think he threw a whole bunch of stuff in the first and got a little bit tired a little bit more in the second plus we got to remember charles dubronx Oliveira is a fucking phenomenon when it comes to submissions most submissions in ufc history the dude's been around forever he is a really good fighter and he has progressed just like dustin has he has progressed throughout his ufc career everywhere 
So again, I think it was a matter of they were both really amazing fighters and that they were both completely prepared as they could be. And Du Bronx just had the answer over what Dustin Poirier was able to bring to the table last night. So great question, Cakes. Thank you so very much. All right, let's move into our third one, which comes from our homie Kairos from the Shots Fire pod. Kairos, what do you got this week, my friend? I am inspired by that performance from Charles Oliveira. However, I have a question. Joe and many people are pointing out the fact that Charles was holding Dustin's glove in round one. And my question for you is, does that tarnish the victory in any way, shape, or form? Me, personally, I feel like if the fight was finished in that round, following that sequence, then you could make that argument. But because the round ended and they started fighting again, I just don't feel like it has that much merit on the victory. What do you think? Dude, you said it exactly how I feel about it, dude. If the glove holding had led to a finish, I'd be all up in arms about it, too. But it didn't. Like, if you think about it in terms of football, right? You could probably call holding or pass interference on almost every play. Like, if a ref really wanted to, he could throw a flag on pretty much every play. But if it's not at the point of attack or if the ball's not thrown to that receiver, you usually got to keep the flag in your pocket, right? I don't think this will tarnish, you know, kind of the legacy uh, of Charles Dubronx Oliveira. The victory, you know, in the long run, we're just going to remember the victory because I don't think it was anything egregious. Nor do I think Dustin the Diamond would want, like, fans to take anything away from Charles' victory. Uh, I think that everybody last night might be pissed off if they were a Dustin fan. They didn't like the glove holding. But at the end of the day, it's not what made the fucking fight go one way or the other, in my opinion. Sounds like yours as well. And so I think in the end of the day, it's just going to be Charles Dubronx beat Dustin Poirier for the title, retained his title, and he did it in a, you know, in a good way. And I think it's a good win, and I think it should be seen as such. So thank you very much, Kairos. Be sure to check out Kairos not only on the Shots Fired pod, which is one of my favorite podcasts on the entire landscape of things, but his awesome YouTube channel. Guy is fantastic, knows his cameras, knows everything. Uh, in that world. So, yeah, great, great dude to follow. Thank you very much, Kairos. Oh, and my fellow Michiganiac. All right, let's move into our boy Juice from the Friendly Sparring Pod. Juice, what do you got this week, homie? What's up, Rhino and the Rhino gang? This is Juice from Friendly Sparring Podcast. Rhino, I'm sure you're going to get flooded with a bunch of questions about how crazy it is uh, that Juliana Pena being Amanda Nunes or how good is Charles? We should stop this I'm here to talk about boxing right now, the sweet science. More specifically, what happened last night in that Lomachenko fight, when Lomachenko was uh, asking his opponent's corner if they want to stop the fight. Now, simultaneously kind and gangster, although I think he was trying to be more gangster than kind. So, p- jumping off of that, I wanted to know, what's your favorite thing that... Um, a boxer has said to his opponent's corner in a boxing match or something similar. Get at me. Yeah, bro. Loma was completely dominant over Richard last night, as he often is. You know what I mean? Um, it was definitely, I think you're right. I think it was a mix of being both kind of gangster and trying to show some compassion and some kindness. But, you know, his, his corner said, you know, he can keep fighting. And Richard, to his credit, lasted a few more rounds, was able to go to the decision. Um the craziest in-ring kind of commentary from a fighter while it was happening is is with fucking Muhammad Ali fought Joe Frazier, and he was literally, as he's punching, he's yelling at Joe Frazier, 
don't you know I'm God? <laughs> like, there, that's just the craziest shit in the world. He's like, don't you know I'm God? As he's hitting him. Holy shit. That's my, probably, that's the most incredible in-ring from a fighter commentary I can remember. So, yeah, dude, great question, Juice. If you guys have already, of course, check out Juice on the Friendly Sparring Pod for him and Leo and their crazy hijinks that always ensue. All right, I know our fifth one comes from our Einstein of Gravity Design, the best fucking Gravity Designer in the world, Dave Fretz. Dave, what do you got this week, my dude? Hey, what's up, Rhino? It's Dave Fretz. I just woke up. Uh, my Anchor app is working fine. I don't know what's wrong with you guys. Uh, amazing card. Juliana Pena. This opens the division up, I think. Then again, maybe not. Does she hang on to the belt? Um, her loss to Jermaine Duranamy. Did we see just a bad night? Uh, what do you think happens now? Um, does Amanda just come back and take it back? She really looked like she had Amanda's number. I don't know. Um, super interesting. It really makes things interesting now. Anyways... Get back at me. Uh, I'm slowly waking up. I love you guys. Maybe I'll go back to bed. Peace out. Yeah, I'd personally like to see your rematch with Amanda, and I would like to see her a lot like hungrier, more focused than she was. Apparently, I think she I think she beats Juliana Pena seven out of ten times. I really do. Part of my issue is I'm still like so shocked and confused at how quickly Amanda tapped last night. I have not like been able to fully digest it or come to it. Juliana Pena is a good fighter. No one's taking that away from her. But I think there are five to six other women at 135 who could beat her on a given night. I think Amanda was a dominant champion. I think Amanda could be a dominant champion again if she really wants to be. This wasn't the normal, I don't know, dude. Something is just not right from last night. I can't put my finger on it. Only Amanda Nunez knows. But there was just something off. The, the, that quick tap and something's just not right, man. I'm not sure what it is. But, yeah, I do think this does provide some opportunities for 135 to kind of – uh, be more, you know, fun to watch because there's now that, you know, man is probably not going to sit upon the throne anymore because I don't know if there will be a rematch or not. But yeah, dude, I just don't, I can't fully like co-sign on Juliana Pena being a champion who's going to defend a bunch until we figure out what's going on with Amanda Nunez. So Dave Fretz, once again, another banger of a fucking poster this week, my friend, dude. So awesome. Thank you so very much, my dude. All right, Cakes. We're going to go ahead and get into our 10 rounds of Rhino with brand new flyweight champion, Jamie Lynn Horth-Wessels, right after a quick word from our sponsor, K&R Designs. Hey, Rhino gang. Are you looking for a piece of furniture to tie the room together? Maybe make it feel a little bit more homey? How about a beautifully restored dresser for the bedroom or an end table for the family room? We'll look no further than my good friends at K&R Designs. You got a piece of furniture that needs restoration? They got you covered. Looking for a new addition to your home decor that's already been beautifully done? They got you there, too. We're talking dressers, armoires, kitchen tables, cabinets, nightstands, any and all wood furniture you can think of, they've got or can get for you. So check out K&R Designs in-store at 101 West Chicago Boulevard in Tecumseh, Michigan, or on their website, knrcustomdesigns.com. Check out their Facebook page, K&R Home Deco, that's D-E-C-O, to see everything they have and the amazing work that they can do. You can also call and order at 517-605-7173. 
They accept PayPal, Venmo, Square, Cash, Check. They accept them all. So if you want the absolute best of the best and restorative wood furniture creators, you got to check out K&R Designs. Tell them you're a member of the Rhino Gang, and that'll get you 20% off your very first purchase. Once again, check out K&R Designs, Combat Sports with Rhinos, proud sponsor. Everybody out there in podcast land, we've got ourselves another fantastic guest. Undefeated LFA flyweight fighting for the vacant 125-pound belt this Friday on UFC Fight Pass for the LFA. We've got ourselves Jamie Lynn Horst-Wessels. Thank you so much for joining us today, my friend. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Now, for people who don't know, behind the scenes, a fighter leading into a fighting, a big championship fight, there's a lot she's got to happen. You know, there's a lot that has to go on. So we've we've got our we've got our pedicure done. We got medicals are on your way too. We are so glad we're getting you filled in at this time. So Jamie, literally our first round is always the same with our fighters. We love to know the background story of how you first got into mixed martial arts. Uh, you know, I was actually a soccer player for years, and I um I had some friends that did the kickboxing here, and and they convinced me to come. They said, you know, you're super athletic. You'd be really good at. It. You should come try. So. Uh, I stepped in there and, and I did it for sort of like a cross training sort of thing. And, you know, they said, once you come in, you're not going to leave. And, and here I am, I'm, you know, still here eight years later, still, still doing it, still banging. <laughs> Absolutely. So safe to say this Friday is probably the biggest part of your pro career. Was camp any different for you in the lead up to this one or was it just kind of business as usual for you? been business as usual you know the great saving grace i have is that you know my brother-in-law cole was in the ufc and you know we've kind of done this whole so pro circuit thing and i trained with quite a few pros so i feel like you know i've always trained to be a professional um i'm always training you know to to get better and, and to learn and to be the best i can so you know really it's kind of like another day in the office here absolutely so this friday your opponent is myra Cantuaria. Uh, she's a 9-3-1 fighter from Brazil. She has several wins via armbar. That seems to be her sub of choice in a lot of her fights. Was that a, like part of your focal point and the de- defending of that in your camp, or was it just kind of, I'm getting ready for any and all submissions and whatever's happening on the field? Yeah, you know, like, she's definitely going to be a well-rounded fighter for sure. Like, she's good everywhere, and, and you know, I'm good everywhere. And, and um, you know, tr- armbars and triangles, something that most, you know, fighters, I feel like, train and add into the regime for preparation for any fight um but uh yeah you know like i've just i've worked so hard you know at my wrestling and my my wall fighting and my takedown and my grappling and 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 i feel pretty confident that um you know anywhere that this fight seems to go i think that um i think i've got the right defenses for well you've done nothing but prove that your entire career you're undefeated you were undefeated in the ammies including fun fact two wins over ufc fighter lupita goodenez uh, 4-0 as a pro. What do you think has been the biggest part of this win streak? Was it the aforementioned that you've always trained with high-level people? Is it just that you have a super competitive streak? What do you think it is about you that's led you to being undefeated after seven uh, MMA fights? I think, for me personally, I'm just, you know, my will to win and my cravings for, you know, competition and the adrenaline and, and you know, wanting to do good all the time and holding myself at a high standard just is what, you know, keeps me going and has pushed me, you know, to, to win these fights. Like I just, I exhaust every effort I can. I always want to be the best at whatever I do and I surround myself with the best and I train with the best and I, I'm always looking for the best. So, you know, I guess 
I don't have any other option but to give it my all, and, and my outcomes have just been um, in my favor. So, Absolutely. And again, I mentioned the Lupita Gooden as uh, twice you beat her in the Emmys. Now you yeah. see what she's doing. She's like, she's kind of become a darling of the UFC, you know, with her late replacement fights and her scrappy style. Yeah. So two, two, that's a really big feather in your cap. I hope, uh, I, well, I know that we're going to see you at that level someday. And this is kind of the be the first start uh, being on UFC Fight Pass and getting exposed to more people and for what you can do in the cage. So getting back to the 10 rounds, um, all of your wins have been by stoppage. And it's not always the same thing. It's their TKO or submission. And that's not always what we see at 125 pounds. I mean, a lot of 125-pound fights both on the male and female side tend to go to a decision. But you you are a finisher. Um, do you kind of pride yourself on going for the finish and looking for the finish every time? Or is this kind of how that's worked out thus far? You know what? Honestly, I feel like it's just kind of how it's worked out. Like, we've always gone in with a game plan, and we already know that my conditioning and I'm, I'm capable and as an amateur to go full round. So going as a pro... You know, I wasn't um, unfamiliar with, like, going to a decision or, or finishing, um, you know, a full fight. Um, so, you know, the finishes just kind of came because I was so patient. And, you know, the second and third round finishes, they just they just showed up. You know, I just visualized and and um, just took the whole ride and, and was in, in tune the whole time during the fights. And, and these opportunities just arose. So I took them. Absolutely, my friend. The uh, It's funny. My show is a very Canadian heavy show. We got a lot of wonderful listeners from Canada. I'm from Detroit, so I was just right across the bridge from Canada yeah. my entire life growing up. And so I had a lot of fighters from Canada on the show, a lot of fighters from Montreal, a lot of fighters from Toronto and Ontario area. But I believe, my friend, you are the first person from the way upper west coast in the Vancouver area who I've had on the show. What is the MMA scene like? in British Columbia right now? Is it growing? Or can you kind of kind of walk us through what's going on over there in uh, BC? Yeah, so, you know, I'm in Squamish, BC, just outside of Vancouver on the outskirts here in a um, little small town. We have a gym here. And for the most part, um, the gyms are kind of spread out throughout the lower mainland. And each gym kind of has like a token female. So, you you know, you were making comments about Loopy and, um, you know, actually her and I trained quite a bit together. We fought twice as amateurs, but now, you know, she's a 15 or I'm a 25er, but she's one of my main training partners, which is amazing. And, um, yeah, you know, the gyms around here, like there's some really good talent all spread out. And, and a lot of times we kind of collaborate. So we meet like at one gym in, in the city here uh, twice a week and we all bang it out. And then we go back to our home gyms and, and we cross train. And that's just how it is out here. Like, definitely growing for us like you know we've got like good coaches and like we've got high level fighters and you know ex-ufc fighters and you know guys from one fc and and bellator and stuff so you know we're surrounded in this little hub here with like super positive and like good role models in the sport so um you know it, like it's it's definitely growing for us around here for sure absolutely that's great to hear uh so as we know, you know, when I was a pro fighter, I know music was such a huge part of my daily workouts, right? I, I, I couldn't do my running or my road work or any of my training without like metal cranking on in the background. That was for me. But for you, what's on the playlist these days when you're training or when you're running? What are some things you like to listen to as you're getting ready for uh, for training? I mean, I'm a country girl. Like, you know, like I love country music and, and it's not always what gets me fired up for, you know, for a running or training session but it's definitely like a huge thing for me it's part of my walkout song the same song i've had for every fight um but 
I'm uh, I fluctuate. I, I kind of love the rock and roll, or, like the heavy metal stuff. Like I listen to a little bit of heavy metal when I'm running or if I'm yeah. driving to a car. Or something. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, you know, and then I go back to like my high school, like emo days, like where everyone listened to Billy Talent and Blink 182, and you know, like I'm not I'm not opposed to like mixing it up and and playing with what I'm feeling that day. But uh, yeah, I have to say some heavy metal and some country music. I love it. Uh, as far as getting away from training, getting away from fighting, away from the gym, away from all of that world, what are some things that you like to do for fun? You know what I mean? Just away from the whole fighting aspect of your life. What are some things you like to do without time? Um, I like to dirt bike and I like to go hunting. Ah, what's the last thing you what's the last thing you put down and put on your plate? I just put down a four by three muley buck um, the end of October here, so that's pretty much what I've been eating all fight camp, and I'm feeling freaking great. Oh, dude, she's she's going on the all venison diet. <laughs> yeah, right, in old Joe Rogan style. Right, right, exactly. He loves that elk. I know that. Um, so basically, you know, backpacking off of that, the ninth round with with Rhino is the one that I think my fans love the most. It's the food question, Jamie. What? are you going for after you win a fight after you've already had all your cut downs after everything is all over and you can relax and indulge in anything you want where are you getting it from and what are you getting off the menu oh man i got a couple can i can i name two absolutely absolutely okay so i absolutely love um mexican food ironically and um uh, here in Squamish, we've got a place called Sunny Chiba's, and it's fucking amazing. Excuse oh. me, no, no, you're allowed to say fuck out of here. They make the best food. They make the best stuff. The chimichanga is unreal. They have, like, a great chef in there. Uh, you know, he's making up specials during the week and stuff, like these special cod tacos. And sometimes they pair up with, I'm a donut lover, too, uh, Sunflower Bakery here in Squamish, and they'll take the two plain donuts, and they'll put, like, fried chicken on top and make, like, a fried chicken donut sandwich. And... Yeah, like I like to, I love, I love going there and uh, intermingling with the Mexican food. I, I'm definitely like a, a cuisine freak. So, um, you know, another great place that I go to up here in Squamish for like a cleaner meal. Like if I want to go for like a nice chicken, like steak dinner is uh, Pepe's. So uh, I'll be at Pepe's and Gringo's or I'll be at uh, over there at uh, Sunny Chiba's. No, those all sound fucking amazing. And yeah, I don't think think there's ever been a show. I think this is our 105th episode. I don't think there's ever been a show where we both haven't said fuck in my interview. So, you know what I mean? It wouldn't be right if you didn't say it at least once. Perfect. Jamie, you've actually careened your way into the 10th round of Rhino, which is the easiest round of them all. This is just where you share your social media journey. So everybody in the Rhino gang can follow along. We can keep tabs on you and kind of see how your uh, career progresses throughout the time. Yeah, so I'm on uh, Facebook and Instagram, Jamie Lynn Horth and Jamie Lynn Horth Wessels. Uh, Wessels is my my dad my dad's last name, and um, you know I'm I'm not a Twitter person. I haven't really ever been on Twitter very much. Not good at it, but uh, yeah, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook. And if you type my name in Google, it'll it'll pop up with everything and all the interviews and podcasts and things that I've been on. So there's lots to read for sure. Absolutely. And we certainly appreciate you taking the time out. I know we're just uh, four days away from you going ahead and getting that title on UFC Fight Pass for the LFA flyweight uh, vacant 125-pound belt. And we are all wishing you well. We're all looking forward to it. And we can't wait to see you come home to uh, the Vancouver area with that belt, Jamie. Thank you so much, man. Awesome. Hi, my name's Jamie Lynn Horth, and I just went 10 rounds with Rhino.
Jamie Lynn, thank you so very much. And congratulations on your huge win. Still undefeated. Champion of the world. Lela Faye, unbelievable. So cool. Thank you so very much for taking the time. We want to go and give a shout out on our outros. First of all, to our forum contributors, to Ty Fly Guy from the Front Kicks and Throw Cuddles Pod, to my boy Dean Dog, the motorcycle riding madman, to Scott Nolan, my main man down in Texas, to Kairos from the Shots Fire Pod and his YouTube channel. Check those out. To my dude Juice from the Friendly Sparring Pod, to the Einstein of Graphic Design, Dave Fretz, to our girl Cakes, to our other girl, APB. Thank you guys both so much. Thank you to my man, the doc, my in real life best friend. He's really learning the game, man. He's got guys really coming around. It's awesome. To some other members of the Rhino Gang, shout out to Mike Morgan, Brett, Ashley the MMA nerd, Cyrus King, Marquise from Week Sauce Radio, Chris over at Unmatched uh, MMA Pod, Underdog MMA fam, Julian, Chrissy, Monica, Katie, and Jason, to the Muted Casuals GC, to all the ladies of the PRG, to, of course, the Rhino Gang GC familia, to our feature player, Andrea, who, uh, had to be called into work, so she had to miss this week, but she'll be back. To my boy, D. Reigns. Hope you're feeling better, my dude. Best engineer in the biz. To our dude, Dave Fretz, the eye set of graphic design, as I said. Check out our Redbubble store. It is the holiday season. Get yourself some CSWR merch. It looks great on everybody. Let's be kind this week, everybody. Let's make it a good week, both in and out of work. Reconnect with a friend or a family member you haven't talked to in a long time. Love is always greater than hate, and we will see you next week. Cage side.